Welcome to another ponderings.org.uk uh, podcast. I'm joined with Scottish Nationalist MP David Linden. We have been talking about different things about faith and politics and how fellowship can happen across across uh, party boundaries, which may be a surprise to those of us who watch uh, Prime Minister's Question Time in the UK. Um, David, we're in this interesting time of... Of, uh, we're in another lockdown in London, um, uh, in England, and um, obviously lots of restrictions even up in Scotland as well. Um, Covid is still alive and well, and, and things are different. What What would you say this time, has it made you reflect, or have you got thoughts on, on what could come out of this for for church, for Christians, what are the, what are the things you're picking up? Yeah, I mean, I, I found the, I think probably the, the, the faith um, as in the, the religious practice element of lockdown, quite challenging. Um, it's certainly the, in my time of being a Christian, it's certainly the longest that I've never been in a church building before. Sure. Um, and you know, any of us who study the scriptures and know the kind of true meaning of fellowship will know that you know the building is just bricks and mortar. Um, but I, I've been quite alarmed, um, if, if I'm being truly honest, about a lot of people being left behind during this time. Yeah. There was a big, big rush in the early weeks of you know, trying to do church by Zoom and church by Facebook Live. Um, and in most churches, probably not my own, um, but most churches in my constituency, the the majority of people who attend those congregations are elderly people who are maybe a bit more digitally excluded. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm a bit concerned that some of them have probably gone off the boil a little bit. Yeah. I think there are certainly some examples. I'm not necessarily speaking about my own constituency, but from what I hear from, from other colleagues down here, where some of the pastors, some of the ministers have maybe taken their eye off the ball a little bit because they're focusing on trying to get to grips with all this sure. new technology, yeah. um, but not phoning up, you know, yeah. wee Betty down the road to see how she's actually getting on. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm quite concerned about, you know, what the, what the future of the church is when we come out of this. Mm. There's been a lot of really good community stuff, um, and I, I certainly noticed in the beginning, lots of people joining on kind of Zoom calls and, and, and kind of Facebook lives. Um, but I've gone back and had a look at those numbers now and a lot of that seems to have yeah. fallen off a cliff. Yeah. So I think at the beginning of lockdown there were a lot of people who were not churched, who maybe as a result of the, the pandemic kicking off, a food parcel or something like that, decided to tune in early uh-huh. on. But I wonder sometimes if um, church leaders have maybe missed the boat a little bit Yeah. in yeah, terms of being able to tap in with uh, what, what was an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, I think that is... I think I think you pick up on something. Certainly we know the numbers are tailing off. Um and I think there was there was well I I heard from people with, with more mobility issues that actually they were saying, Well hang on, why has the church not done these online things until now? So that was interesting for those yeah. people to be included. But I think yeah that, that kind of the transient nature of stuff has really kicked in. What was your sense? I mean, I, I know from talking with different um, different politicians, Brexit was a, a time of pressure, and and there was a lot there was a lot of um, I mean, I, I myself had time to, to pray with different MPs and different things. We, there was some support groups that went on and that kind of thing. Do you think that this presents? I mean, that was a parliamentary crisis in that sense. This is not a parliamentary crisis. I don't think in the same way. It's a, it's a crisis, but not. A, not this is very much a national crisis, yeah. I would say, and you know that that's why 
when when the Prime Minister in the early days was getting up to the podium or getting up to the dispatch box, he was almost kind of using a lot of that kind of language of war. Mm. This idea that you know we are all in this together, we need to fight this, we need to defeat mm-hmm. this. Whereas with Brexit, you know, the public had kind of made a decision, and albeit for the people in the building behind me, it was an incredibly inconvenient one, and it was an inconvenient one for the UK because certain parts of the UK voted in different ways. Mm-hmm. But the public had kind of given their verdict and, and left it to politicians to, to decide. Whereas I think this time around, the public feel that they have an absolute stake in the pandemic because it's you know it's them whose, yeah. whose children were not at school, it's their it's their jobs that yeah. are at stake. Um, so that there's much more of a kind of national effort with this one. Um, my, my sense as well is that notwithstanding, you know, there have been some things recently. I mean, the Independent Parliamentary Standards Authority, who <laughs> manage and decide on MPs' pay, haven't helped things. Um, so there's been a bit of backlash from the public right. about the pay rise. But, but by and large, I, I've kind of felt that the public have been pretty understanding of politicians. They've had a lot more uh-huh. sympathy for politicians in, in recent months as a result of the pandemic than they would have done over Brexit. Right. Have you felt, as a politician, in terms of your connection with? Uh, with your constituents, have you felt you've been able to do more, less? Well, I mean, that's like a different d- people coming through the door or not through the virtual door in that sense. No, and that—that's the biggest thing that, to, to be honest, Daniel has really annoyed me about this. Is that I, you know my constituency, a very vulnerable constituency. Yeah. I mean, unemployment runs at double that of the UK yeah. national average at the best of times. Yeah. Um, I had one of the highest furlough rates in the country. I will have one of the highest unemployment rates after the furlough scheme's gone. Um, but in addition to that, I've also got the highest number of asylum seekers in Scotland in terms right. of dispersal. Okay. Um, and most of these people have, you know, language barriers. They don't have a lot of money, um, and they would make up the vast majority of my caseload pre-pandemic. Yeah. Um, and when I can't do face-to-face surgeries, I'm, you know, I'm offering appointments by Zoom and by phone. A lot of these guys don't have laptops no, to be able to no. do Zoom or FaceTime surgeries. So I, I kind of feel that as an MP, I found it quite challenging because I've not been able to connect with part of my electorate that I probably most yes. need to collect, connect with. I, I've noticed certainly, it's, it's been interesting as we've been through the pandemic, there have been various parts where you know, people are in touch with me, want to clarify a lot of the rules, and then you get the, the element of my more kind of perhaps aspirational middle class constituents who've got a lot of time in their hands, they've pottered about their garden for a few weeks and then they find kind of relatively small things to go and complain to the right. MP about right. um, so I've, I've got one person in particular that now just keeps getting in touch with me about litter in the street uh-huh. now A that's an issue for the local councillor and yes. B there's a global pandemic on yes. you know um, yes. so I, I've been quite frustrated that, that a lot of the constituents that I'm getting to see and hear from aren't probably the neediest at the moment yeah and, and from an NHS perspective they, they've talked about uh, self-stigma particularly in relation to mental health that people stop referring and I think that happens in health yeah. things as well that people stop coming so those potentially from your side that most need to come to you are those who potentially are self self yeah the, I would argue that the people with the greatest need are furthest away at the yeah. moment and yeah. I found that hugely frustrating as a politician whose heart is very much to help the most vulnerable in society it was it was the, the thing that I spoke about in my maiden speech and yeah. that is my kind of guiding star in this job and it, I found it quite difficult being disconnected from the people I want to serve most. I'm seeing I'm seeing an interesting parallel with with the pastors potentially with church leaders and what you're describing there. And uh, I suppose the, the difference between you've very much got your eye on the ball in that sense, um, and uh, wanting to serve people. Well, um, listen, I, we've kept you for enough of your time. That's all. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you want to pick up, if the listeners are here, want to pick up on other. Uh, other articles, other uh, podcasts, do check out www.ponderings.org.uk. We'd 
great to hear from you. Give us a like, tell a friend. If you don't like it, don't feel you have to tell anyone. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Thank you.